0: Hung on long enough, you got to hear the singing, and but we're uh, we want to apologize. We uh, we have, we're, we're new at this, and so we're trying to get it down to where we become experts on it. But I want to tell you, say one thing today that uh, I'm not preaching to an empty building today. That's that's one one great blessing for me. You know, y'all you don't know how hard it is to preach to an empty building. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's really, it's really not that easy. I thought it would be, but it's really not that easy. Uh, we want to remember some prayer requests before we get started. Uh, I want you to remember the sister Allie Vonado's grandmother passed away. And so we we'll want to remember uh, that family in prayer. And also we have some, even some here today that have some ongoing problems. Uh, they have nothing to do with the uh, coronavirus, but they have some ongoing problems. So, remember them in prayer, um, uh, Brother Billy Ray Stoddard and, and Brother Gary Gibbs. Uh, pray for them and any others that might be sick at this time. Pray the Lord will see fit to go with them. Now, um, we um, we are live streaming from Landmark Baptist Church here in Lyons, Georgia. We uh, want to welcome you to our first meeting with the, with the church since all this virus stuff started. We are, we are looking for a good day of serving the Lord. And we, we want to remember those in prayer. So I want you to turn with me to Psalms 116. In verse 12, and I want to read to you our text for today's message. Let's all stand as we honor God's Word. The text for this message is, uh, uh, is found in Psalms 116 and verse 12. It says, What shall I render unto the Lord for all of his benefits toward me? Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you Lord for the blessings of it. I thank you Lord for this time that we have together. It's, it's wonderful to be able to meet again and we just pray that everything will go successful and we'll be able to do this, uh, uh, again and again and maybe from now on. And Lord, I just pray that you'll see fit to protect every one of us. Uh, we're, uh, we are under strict, uh, uh, anti-socializing, uh, uh, uh i guess you could say uh, a law that uh, they they say we can meet but we got to we we, we can't socialize so uh we try to got everybody separated and lord we just pray that in all things that you might be honored and glorified here today thank you for everything lord thank you for taking care of us thank you for watching over us and and we don't want you to quit we want you to do it today and if we Wednesday and from now from now on, Lord, just take care of us and watch over us. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. Last Wednesday night, I know some of you heard it. We had several people, other than church people, that listened to it. Um, last Wednesday night, I preached the first message of a two uh, of a two uh, message, ser- message sermon, I guess. And last Wednesday night, I preached on what has He rendered for me. Now, um, today, I want to preach on what shall I render unto Him. Now, I want to say, make make a little statement here before we get started for this message. It is a fact that Bible that the Bible teaches the doctrine of God's sovereign grace. We don't deny that. We never deny that. We, 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 we deny that. We've stood for that and we stood, we stand strong for it. We stand strong for election. We stand strong for predestination. We stand strong on all these truths. But we also need to realize we, we, and and let me say this, we believe this with a passion, but we also believe that God has given his children a responsibility. Once you remember this, now I, I've heard this several times. I've heard it. I, I, I've heard it uh, from different people at different times. That um, I don't worry about it because if God wants me to have it, He'll He'll make me have it. If God don't want me to have it, I won't have it. We believe that. We believe that. But let's don't believe that to the point to where we don't. Show responsibility. We got to show responsibility. I, uh, Rhonda and I wore our masks today, and and of course Rhonda didn't want to, but but was, uh, we wore our mask today. But we did that as an example that that we are to do things to protect ourselves. We do have a responsibility. It is so easy for one to sit and be very satisfied that God has chosen, called, and given the grace of assurance. You can sit and do that, sure. You can just sit and do that. But let let me ask you this. And and, and do do nothing else. What what, What I study in the Bible teaches me that this is so wrong. It was James who wrote for the body without the spirit is dead and faith without works is dead now if we if we are happy with sitting back and and have the holiness call us having a license to sin then go ahead and and if we sing whatever will be will be then that's fine if we want to do that, but we, we do more than that. We, we have a responsibility that, that we must see to it. <clears throat> this God is, these things God is not pleased with. If, let me say this now. This is the key sentence right here. If every person followed that teaching that whatever will be, will be, then who would do the work that is required? Who would do the work? I mean, if we just sit back and say, well, things gonna be what it, who's gonna do the work? I can tell you one thing, folks, I believe that with a, I believe that with a passion, but I'm gonna tell you, I got out of breath this morning running around here getting stuff ready. And, uh, that's gotta be done. You know, you, 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 the Bible says, and I've just read it to you, faith without works is dead. You know, if you just got a dead faith where you, Sit around and you say, well, I don't need to do anything because everything's going to be okay. It's like the lady said to me at the grocery store. She said, well, preacher, you should know that if God wants me to have it, then he'll let me, he'll have me have it. If God doesn't want me to have it, I won't have it. And then she stuck her finger in her mouth and, and, and got another bag off of the rack. And that's all wrong. That that type of thing is wrong, you know. That's when you become hard shale. If you ever if you ever heard of hard shale, that's where you become hard shale. And and I've I've said this before, I've preached about this before. This is when you become hard shale. Now, if the Lord has rendered the benefits to us, then he expects us, without a doubt, he expects us to render unto him also. No, he expects that. God expects that out of us. He expects us to do that. He expects us to render to him. Uh, also, who will, if, if we take the attitude, whatever will be, will be, who will make the important decisions that many times need to be made? Who will do that? Well, I won't do it because I believe who, whatever will be, will be. I won't do it because I believe whatever will be, will be. I won't do it because I believe whatever will be, will be. Who's going to do that? Who's going to do that? A pastor does those things because he is compelled to do those things because he is compelled. A pastor believes, this pastor believes, that whatever will be, will be. But this pastor also believes that somebody has to step forward and do the things that needs to be done, and, and you just can't you just can't sit there and and do nothing. Somebody has got to make the decisions, and it's big decisions. I told Rhonda this morning. I said, Rhonda, I said, listen, I said, if anybody gets sick here because we met today, they're gonna blame it on the pastor. They're going to say, well, brother Paul shouldn't have done that today. Brother Paul shouldn't have jumped at it. Just like, uh, Trump did, uh, Brian Kemp, our, our, our governor. He jumped out too quick. Well, brother Paul jumped out too quick. If somebody gets sick. Oh, I pray to God nobody gets sick. I pray to God nobody here gets any sicker because of this. And so I do, I do pray to God that Because I don't want anything like that to happen. Now that I have that out of the way, let's look at what shall I render unto God. What shall I render unto Him? God rendered all these benefits unto me. He's given me assurance. He's given me salvation. He's given me assurance. He's given me eternal life. He's given me all these things that He's given me that we talked about Wednesday night. God's given us all these things. But uh, what are we going to give him in return? What are we going to do for him in return? Well, what are, what are you going to do for him in return? You know, if he gets us out of here, in here safely, and out of here safely today, and 72 hours from now nobody has gotten sick, they, they claim that 72 hours, uh, my 72 hours of going to the grocery store will be up tomorrow. But because uh, I had to go to the grocery store the other day. But but at any rate, uh, this is uh, uh, if if no one gets sick, God's going. To, God's watches over us, and I pray to God it's going to be like that. But we also got to realize that we shall render things unto Him because of all of His benefits. Now, using the text here of this 116th Psalm. You know what? the first thing I will do because God does all of this? I will love Him. We, we are to love Him. Everybody says, well, I do love God. But we are to love Him. Psalmist says in 116 Psalm, in, in the first verse, he says there, he says, I love the Lord. Why? Because He hath heard my voice and my supplications. Oh, I want to tell you folks there's nothing any more wonderful than to have your prayers asked up uh, sent up to God and him answer them. Have your prayers, you know, I'm uh, uh, as most of you know, uh, uh, Rhonda didn't know until yesterday I'll be 76 years old when uh, in June. And I you you don't think that God hadn't answered a lot of prayers for me. I've been pastoring will be 53 years this coming uh August and I've been pastoring all that long you think God has not answered any prayers for me he sure has you you think that uh, I don't know that that God is watching out for his men and God is watching out for his children you, you 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 you've got to you you've got to be something wrong if you don't think that's happening that God is watching out after his children. I will love him. It was the loving apostle John who said, we love him because he first loved us. You know, you can't love God unless he loves you. You can't be responsible to God unless, unless, unless he has, he has been responsible to you. You know, I can remember 53 years ago, in, 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 let's say in the first of March, in 1967, I didn't know what the love of God meant. I had no idea what the love of God, I had no idea what love of God, if somebody had to come to me and said, do you love God? i say, no, I don't love God and I hate everybody that does. I had, I had a man, I had an atheist tell me that very thing. You're not going to know what the love of God is until God loves you. But when God loves us, then we're going to automatically love Him back. That's one of the great uh, 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 benefits that God has for us, and one of the great responsibilities we have to Him. I will yield Him the affection of my heart, for He loved my soul and and and. Brought me out of a sinking, out of, out of a sinking mire of sin. What did God bring you out of? I mean, before you know, you you didn't just get saved. You didn't just start going to church, and decide you're going to turn over a new leaf. That's what a lot of people have done. That's that's what they have done. They have just got it, got religious, got religion all of a sudden. And they thought that was, that was fine. That's all of it. That's all we need to do. We don't need to do anything else. Let the preacher do it all. Let, let, let the, let the deacons do it all. Let somebody else in church do it. No. I love him because he pulled me out of a sinking mire. I was going under. And I'm going to tell you, I believe this with all of my heart. You know, if God hadn't saved me and I died, I'd go straight to hell. I believe that. I know people have said, oh, that's not, God wouldn't send nobody to hell. I've I've been told that. God wouldn't send anybody to hell. But let me tell you, he will. Yes, as David said, he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet up on a rock and established my goings. Psalms 40 and verse two. Establish my goings. Where am I going to go if I believe in what, whatever will be, will be? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? You know, and and, and let, let me tell you, folks, uh, being in the Lord's house today is a responsibility that you owe to God. You owe this to God. You owe it to Him because He saved your soul. And he established a church. During, Christ established a church during His public ministry, and as a result of it, He certainly expects His children to be in His church. Ah, we got some that are saying that's not important, but it is important too. Christ wouldn't establish a church if it wasn't important for His children to be to come there and meet. As I welcome people when they came in the door and I had an hour or two rolled. As I welcomed people, when I came into the door, I said, this place is sanctified, it's sanitized, it is unsocialized, and we're we're running from the canola ice. I don't know if Mark Williams is listening, I see on there he is. Then that's where I got the canola from. Mark Williams will call me up and he'll say, Anybody down there got that canola eye, canola voice, buyers? (laughs) Let me tell you, folks, he established my goings. Everything I do in my life, God established my goings. God didn't save you to sit at home. God didn't save you to just sit and do nothing. God didn't save you just to warm a pew. God saved you to work for him. You say, "What is there for me to do?" Let me tell you, folks. You walk out there and you watch people. There's a lot to do. I can't believe some of these people who are who are out there in the streets by the thousands, after realizing that this thing has done killed. What what is it? How many? Twenty thousand people worldwide? Something like that. And them out there in the street, not honoring what someone has tried to do to keep them safe. let me tell you un- unsocializing will keep you safe safe it, it bothers me. I tell you as I said during what I don't know how many read the paper I had there you may some of you may not even read it may not even care to read it, but what I said in that paper there. They let school out so people wouldn't form a crowd, but then they went right off and started forming crowds at the beaches, at the lakes, and everywhere else. That's why you think they closed up school to keep them from forming crowds together, but they go and they do it anyway. I said, I said, maybe last week or Wednesday night or something. I said, I saw a pile of kids on top of each other. I counted 13 kids in that pile. And I was wondering what in the world are these kids doing. And I'm going to say this again. I'm going to make it clear. Say it again. You children can have it and never know it. You teenagers can have it and never know it. You thirtieth year olds can have it and never know it. But that doesn't mean you can't transmit it to one of us old people. That doesn't mean that you can't transmit it to some of our sick people. Let me tell you, folks, that's why it's important. That's why anti-socialism is important. If we want to get rid of this thing, then we can't just keep doing things that's going to boondoggle it and keep it going. The more tests they run, the more people they're finding. Nursing home in Baxley, they found 29, I believe it was, wasn't it Becky? 29 people was infected with it. 49. And one nursing home in Baxley, how, tell, tell Mill how many of them have died, Becky? Four. Four of them have died. And, and, and several of them were the healthcare workers that was right there. You think God's not watching over you? I know we've got some healthcare workers right in here today. If you, if you don't have it, God's watching over you. You better, you better believe that. That God's watching over you. So now, what shall I render unto Him? What shall I render unto Him? You know, if it wasn't for God watching over us, none of us would be able to sing, whatever we'll be, we'll be. We are far past that. I will call upon Him as long as I live. That's the second, that's the second thing I will render to God. I will call upon him as long as I live. You know, I find myself daily, hourly, calling upon God. I find myself stopping, be back there in the study, and just stopping and praying. I find myself doing that. Psalms 116 and verse 2. Listen to this. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, that, that's one of God's benefits to you. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. There, there's, always, there, there's always something that we owe to God. You might say, well, uh, I don't know if I owe God anything. Well, if you think God owes you anything, stand up. Raise your hand and let us know what God owes you. And I'll go to God in prayer and make sure you get it. But now what do you owe to God? Do you you owe it to Him to call upon Him as long as you live? Also, I will rest in Him. I will rest in Him. Psalms 116 and verse 7. He says, Return unto thy rest, O my soul. Look at this. For the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. How many of you ever had the Lord deal with Don't raise your hand. How many have you ever had the Lord deal with you? It was like for the Lord to deal with you. I'm telling you. It's harsh. Lord can deal harshly with his people. I will rest in him. After God sets me straight, after I have sinned so easily, I will, thanks be unto God, return to my rest in him. Oh yes. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says if you've sinned, then you have an advocate with the Father that if you go to Him, He'll forgive you for those sins. Then you can go back to your rest again. I'll tell you, that's a sad thing. A clear conscience, let me say this. A clear conscience is a restful thing. That's a restful thing. How many of you people haven't haven't been able to sleep because of the fact that you don't know what's coming next. I don't know. I don't know that I'll get out of this building safely. I really don't know that I will. A clear conscience is a, is a restful thing. I will show my confidence in him that he might guide me every hour of every day when he is ready to call me home i will still be resting in him for all eternity praise god what a shepherd praise god what a shepherd you know if he calls me home if i find rest in him here and he calls me home i'll have further rest i really will i'll have further rest the bible states I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong place. I will walk with Him and for Him. Psalms 116 and verse 9. He says there, He says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly what James is talking about when he says faith without works is dead. That is, that is exactly what James says when he says that are we, we're saved, we're saved by works, we're justified by works. What he means is, is how we live our lives among the world out there. That's what justifies us before men. I told the, the people at the mayor's funeral, I preached his funeral this past Tuesday. And I told the people at the mayor's funeral, I said, uh, I said, when I came, came to understand Ronnie Dixon, I said, Me, he and I went to a veterans' dinner together. He was a veteran. He was in, he was a, he was a member of the National Guard, and uh, we went to a veterans' dinner together, and there was seven or eight of us around the table. And Ronnie told all of them, don't touch your food. We've got a preacher among us, and I want to ask him to ask the Lord to bless the food. I had a greater understanding of him after that. I really did. I walk with him and for him. Yes, as I preach Wednesday night. He has put shoes on my feet. What do you think he put shoes on your feet for? So you be comfortable out there running up down the beach? What do you think he put shoes on your feet so you be comfortable running doing things that's against the Lord? Oh, he put shoes on your feet so you can go out there and walk with Him, and do the work that He has done. Do as He did. Follow Him, and do what He did. I've said this many times. If your toes are not touching the back of his heels, you're not, you're not close enough. Follow him closely. Follow him closely. That's, that's, that's what I can render unto him, is to follow him closely. Follow him closely. The Bible says, well, let me say this first. <clears throat> Father Abraham was called to his duty. The Bible states... And when Abraham was ninety years old and nine, ninety-nine years old, the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. I heard someone use the word perfect wrongly on, on the Internet here not too long ago. That word perfect means that you are in... Perfect step with the Lord is exactly the way you should be. You're doing what you should be doing. That's what that word perfect means. I am no less than Abraham or no more than Abraham. God called Abraham to walk after him. I'm no less than Abraham. And I'm no better than Abraham. I will witness for him. Psalms 116 and verse 13 says, I will make the cup of salvation. I'm I'm sorry, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will witness for him. That was a witness when David said, I I will take the cup of salvation. That's a witness. That's a witness. Anybody that, that takes a cup of salvation in here, the Lord calls them and he saves them, then they're following the Lord. That day forward. that's exactly what David David says I will I'm, I'm saying I will witness for him. I have spoken today as a witness for him. Just sit right now and say to yourself, say to yourself right now, I don't want you to do it out loud. These preachers get people to yell out loud. I will speak of him, to my family and to my friends, And I will not sit silent anymore. Say that to yourself. Remember his benefits for you. What will you do for him? I will cherish his salvation. Psalms 116 and verse 13. I will take the cup of salvation. I will cherish his salvation. We will render more for him if we see more of what he has rendered for us. The more you see what the Lord has done for you, the more you're going to do for him. I believe that. I believe that with all of my heart. The more you're going to do for him. A lost soul goes to hell for all eternity. A saved soul spends eternity in the presence of God. Did you know when you when person goes to hell they're out of the presence of God? Boy, can you imagine that? I can't, I can't, I can't even visualize that living, being out of the presence of God. I want God to be with me, present with me everywhere I go and everything I do and everything I say. I want God to be present with me. I want Him to be right there. I will give to Him. What is due him? Psalms 116, verse 17, 18. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. We'll call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. I will pay my vows. What is your vow? Lord says. Lord says a, a tenth of everything you get is your vow. I will pay that. I will pay that. And I hope that you will pay that. I hope that you will follow the Lord. Don't forget to pay your vows. I've heard people say, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and then don't do it. If you vow to do something, do it. If you vow that you're going to do something, do it. Don't vow to God that I'm going to do it and then don't do it. Then find excuses why you can't do it. I will give to him what is due him. The Bible states, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Yes, there's people out there in the world, you, your boss, you, wherever you work, you've got to serve them, or they won't pay you. Your benefits comes after you serve them, but your benefits came before you started serving the Lord. Your benefits from God. But your benefits will come after you, after you serve your master out there. That is the person who is over you or whoever who you work for. Yes, render into Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Mark 12 and verse 17. It was Hosea who said to Israel, take with you your words and turn to the Lord. Say unto him, Take away all iniquity and receive us graciously, as, we'll, as so will we render the calves of our lips. The calves of our lips, what does that mean? The calves of my lips are moving right now. I will speak of him. I will speak of him daily. I will certainly tell people what God has done for me. And lastly this morning... I will delight in him when I die. What well, Psalms 116, 15 say, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. I can't wait to delight the Lord. I can't wait to delight the Lord. When I go, when I leave here, I'm go- it's going to be precious in his sight because I'm going to be with him. That's, that's his ultimate goal for every one of us. We're going to go and be with him. We're going to go and be with him, one of the great benefits that he has. I will I will delight him when I die. Can all of you say the same thing today, that you will delight him when you die? Precious in the sight of the death of one of his saints. May God bless you. It's my prayer, and I pray that God will bless you today, and I pray that God will take care of you. I appreciate you folks that have listened, and I pray that uh, you... You have uh, received this message, and I pray that God will bless you also. We're going to sing a song, and I'm going to go out of the view of the uh, of the